the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Not the fake kind, the real kind. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw, joined by Rachel Cruz, host of The Rachel Cruz Show that you can find on YouTube. Also, Smart Money Happy Hour. Love that. Right. Also, the author of I'm Glad for What I Have. Listen, the, the list book. goes on. Oh, Jade, it's good to be here with you. Love it. All right. If you want to talk about your life or your money, you can give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we will do exactly that. So let's go straight to the phone lines where we've got Nicole in San Francisco, California. What's going on, Nicole? Hi, Jade. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, so uh, my question is, I live in a very expensive area. Half of my pay, uh, take-home check goes to my rent. I work remotely, so it's kind of ridiculous that I'm staying here. And I'm thinking about moving to Mexico or moving to Texas. I see that the new constructions in Texas they have lower interest rates, like 4.9 percent interest rates, mm-hmm. whereas the interest rates right now are seven percent. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's too good to be true. What? Is, why are the new construction interest rates? so low and attractive and it's, and it's, should it be something that I uh, pursue? I have heard of um, new construction being able to offer lower rates. I guess they're eating that cost at some point within the process. I just love that you're looking at your situation and saying, listen, it's too expensive for me to live here rather than continue to struggle. I'm going to embrace new opportunities. So I don't think it's too good to be true. Um, Does your question go further? Um, no, yeah, I was wondering if there was like some sort of trick that they're doing that I'm not understanding. Um, you know, also it's a it's a big move for me, and it's something that I want to do because I am single and just live by myself and my dog. And um, if I were to move to Texas and save money, I would be able to pay for egg freezing, which is something that mm. my job doesn't help pay for, and it's also something that I was like. I know I don't want to finance it. They have a lot of payment plans for egg freezing. Yeah. And it's something that if I moved to Texas, I could save money because, I mean, the even a mortgage payment is going to be way lower than yeah. what I pay for rent right yeah. now. Yeah, and we're seeing so that, also, Nicole. I mean, like your situation, it's very common. And we're seeing that a lot with people in these like really high-priced areas, especially where you are, San Francisco, the Bay Area. I mean, I think it's number one right now in the most expensive places to live. But you look at people in New York and, um, you know, different places, and we're seeing that people are gravitating, obviously, to places that they can actually have an affordable lifestyle and actually enjoy their money versus being taxed high, real estate being insane, uh, you know, and experiencing exactly what you're experiencing. So just know you're not alone in that change, even though that's a big change. You're right. I'm like, when you decide to change locations and states and uh, it is. I mean, you're you're uprooting your life, but I think what you have to realize is you're doing it for a reason, right? You're not ru- necessarily running away from something, right? Mm-hmm. You're running to the life that you want, and in order to get that and do the things that you want to do, like freeze your eggs and different things, you have to have more margin, and so that means other areas of your life are going to have to look different in order to do that. And so you're just kind of weighing the pros and cons. And, mm-hmm. and I really applaud you for that. And and it's not easy, mm-hmm. um, but it's a reality I think a lot of people, a lot of people are facing. 100%. And here's the thing, even if you get there and you realize, oh man, whatever they quoted me on the interest rate, it's slightly higher or it's not quite that. 
it's still a better situation financially. You're gonna you're still gonna get more for your money. You're still gonna be able to afford owning a home or getting a place for yourself more easily. So what are you looking to spend? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking to spend? Obviously, fifty having your rent or your mortgage be 50% of your income is just not sustainable long-term. So have you identified a number that puts it at 25% and what you could spend in order to get that? Yeah, so I was looking at homes around 300000 Good. which here... I would be 1.5 million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy, crazy. Well, good for you, Nicole. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think, you know, um, I think builders are feeling a little bit of the pinch of people pulling back. When rates went yeah. up, suddenly everyone kind of paused and they're like, I'll just wait to see if rates yeah. drop. And then when they drop, yeah, I pr- they probably will. They're going to fluctuate. We're in an election year. Things are always kind of up and down. And then when they drop, everybody's going to be out the way works. And I think Jade had just, Drives prices back up. So if yeah. anything, the time is is to yeah. get in now and you can always refinance later. But if you're in a good position to buy a home, I'm not saying everyone needs to rush out and buy a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think her, Nicole's a great example of kind of looking at all your options, mm-hmm. being wise. And I think, yeah, homes are not selling, have not sold, at least in the calendar year of 2023, like they were in 22 and That's 21. Right. Um, so I think, new, I think builders are feeling a little bit of that pinch. They're probably wanting some inventory off their hands. Yeah. And if they can partner with, you know, the bank and yeah. all the things and, and get a lower rate, they're probably doing that to entice people. Um, but obviously, Nicole, do your due diligence. I mean, your home is, for most people, the largest purchase that you make in your mm-hmm. lifetime. So don't mm-hmm. rush into something. Because I think sometimes, at times, even these new builds, if they go real quick up, they may yeah. not be the best quality. I mean, you want to look at for sure quality, look at, you know, different different areas and all of it so do do your research because yeah. it's a big change and a big purchase um, and even Nicole what you could do is since you're moving to a brand new state you could even rent which I know you're 100 so tired of renting right now but you really could for six months to a year just to be like okay is this the part of Texas I mm-hmm. want to be in and because once you buy a home, you're you're planted there for a bit. Yeah, a, a completely new state, completely new culture. I 100% agree with Rachel in that I would rent for him. And I would definitely would not do like a long, long distance home purchase. Yes, of yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't do that. But to your point, um, I have seen like there are new builders that are offering those kind of Mm-hmm. incentives on the rate um, because we had callers call in saying, listen, I'm trying to sell my property and it's hard for me because I'm having to compete with a new builder around the corner who's offering a lower yeah. interest, you know, so that is definitely happening. So just do your due diligence, do your homework. Don't just jump out there and buy the first thing you see that seems right because, I mean, I think it takes a while, Rachel, to really get the feel of a new neighborhood, let alone a new city, yeah. let alone a new state. Like there's a lot on totally. this. Totally, yes. So, yep, absolutely, yeah. And I, and I think, Nicole, too, I do, I do applaud you just for looking at options because Jade... We talk to a lot of people and they're stuck. I feel like we always pick on California, but California is expensive. Your your real estate is high and it's a high (laughs) cost of living. So it's an easy place to pick on. But, you know, a lot of people and they're like, well, I'm in California. I'm in California. I'm in California. This is it. This is it. And you have to realize about anything in life, which again, I know uprooting your life is a big deal. So Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it flippantly, but I just love the fact that she is taking initiative and saying, hey, I can make choices in my life. That's right. And for me to have the kind of life that I want, Mm -hmm. it's going to require some changes. And so for some of you, maybe it's changing your money habits. Mm -hmm. For some of you, it's changing location. I mean, I don't know what it looks like for you, but this idea that I have control over my life and I get to make decisions for myself 
It's powerful. That's right. And remember, it's not just change for the sake of change. It's change to get you where you want to go. You want to be a homeowner. You want to have more margin in your budget. You want to be able to enjoy your income. So focus on that side instead of focusing on the uncomfortable part, you know, the change or I may not know anybody. And just like think of it as an adventure. You're off on an adventure to create the life you love in the words of Rachel Cruz. That's right, Jade. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. This is Rachel Cruz, and we're taking your calls for the next couple hours about your life and your money. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we would be happy to answer any of the questions that you have. Uh, In the meantime, The Ramsey Show Question of the Day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly offers a helpful winter maintenance checklist that you can download for free at neighborly.com. That would be very helpful for me. And for the more challenging stuff in the in, in and around your home, Neighborly has a local pro to help. Uh, find out more at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. And today's question comes from Heather in Wyoming. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and this has been the most stressful, painful past two years of my life with my husband making horrible financial decisions that left us over $500,000 in debt. He owns a tree service business making $70,000 a year and is trying to start a mobile mechanic business and has purchased an investment property. We have a $163,000 mortgage on our house. The rent is a total disaster that's completely... Oh, the rental, I'm sorry. The rental is a total disaster that's completely gutted and we have to make payments every month while earning no income with it and no progress on the repairs. Mm. He also bought a brand new truck that we owe now $84,000 on and $18,000 on a loan on a Bobcat for the business, a $20,000 home equity loan that he used to fix up the rental. Oh, and over $5,000 in credit cards. He keeps saying he's working on it and he is a hard worker, but has put us in a completely impossible situation that danger that angers me and stresses me out every single day. I work odd hours because we can't afford childcare, nor do I want to give up time with my kids to fix a problem that I did not cause. I feel so stuck and hopeless. Mm. All right. Can we just... I'll, Listen, I wrote it all out because I'm trying to track with this. Okay, Oof. Heather, this is not a... You shouldn't be this way. She's very bitter. Yes. <laughs> we can tell yes very resentful which again uh, yeah it's is valid is valid um but they yeah. feel like not only different pages financially but they have been split now emotionally mm-hmm. really severed i mean she mm-hmm. wants it sounds like she wants nothing to do i mean nothing to do with him yeah oh and five thousand dollars in credit card you know i mean yeah. it is stuck and hopeless she is she is not not in a good place which Ooh. which i get it heather i'm like yeah all these decisions were not wise decisions made he made decisions without obviously talking to her or working as a team so what do we do heather what are we gonna do ah i'm seeking counsel yes number one like i always talk to folks about keeping their money safe rachel and it's kind of like an acronym and the first thing to to decide like where you're at so s is for seeking counsel like if you're noticing trends within your money with your spouse that you're like what's going on here i feel uncomfortable i feel unsafe financially i feel like there's something going on seek counsel and then you're going to find listen if there's things like addiction abuse that's the a yeah and then f is financial infidelity which this is getting real close to falling under and my point in my opinion it is because he's going out and spending massive amounts of money without your 
permit permit or, like well, i say permission your input uh, input yes. yeah yeah without yes. it mattering and then the e of that is you need to evaluate your options like yep. so that's how you go through this and i do think that this is a for- sometimes people think financial infidelity is like i'm just hiding money under the mattress or mm-hmm. something like that but i'm like this is a lot of money and it sounds like we don't know rachel but it sounds like she has made her objections clear and it sounds like we could be wrong it might be something that he did and then after the fact she was like well how could you do that but even still you've got this is there's financial issues here but when i look at this i go this is a couple who desperately needs to go to therapy like (laughs) they need they need help and um yeah and he's he's obviously not living in reality no and there's people like that that we talk to and i hate to like pinpoint people but it's the dreamers it's the oh i have i have an idea and this idea is gonna work or i have a new idea here and don't worry. Don't yes. worry. This is surely going to, and, and it is, it's a level of immaturity mm-hmm, to a point mm-hmm. when you actually make decisions in those dreams and they don't come to fruition. You yeah. have to have reality to say, I can't do this anymore. So there's a safety here, Heather, that I, um, that I would want for you. Like yes. a point where you're like, I can't, I can't keep putting myself. Mm-hmm. There's a level of danger there mm-hmm. in this situation that's endangering my kids and my family. And that, that is what it is. So that weight that your feeling is very, very real. And mm-hmm. I just want him to wake up to the reality. And I think what's going to have to happen is a third party. You're probably not going to be the one to do it, Heather, sadly. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes, that's right. I mean, it, it's like our spouse. I mean, all of us feel that way with our spouses. There's always that thing that you're like, if you know this, this or this, yeah. and you can, you can say it and then it ends up being nagging mm-hmm. and it's not effective. But when you actually sit down with a third party, usually if it's coming from someone else, it's speaking there, but that's, that's it. I'm like the, the financial issues here are a symptom of where you guys are in your marriage Mm -hmm. and again i don't blame you heather for being angry and bitter but what are we going to do with that we can't just Mm -hmm. sit in that that and continue to be in that cycle you heather have to then grow and learn are there boundaries you put up now is there like what do you do now what are those steps yes that's Um, right which is really hard but that's the situation yeah that's right because something's something's got to change and in a situation like this not to belabor it but there's very little you can do to control the other party. Like there's nothing you can do really to control the other party, but you've got to sit down and figure out, okay, what am I Heather going to do uh, in order to try to better the situation? I can seek out counsel. I can put these boundaries in place, but then you've also got to kind of have that point of where you go, okay, where does this just get completely toxic? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's up to you and a, like, like Rachel said, a third party to I mean, decide. Yeah. And Jade, we talk all the time about couples staying on the same page, being yeah. on the same team, all of this. But there's extreme situations that we talk about mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Heather may be in one of those for me where I'm like, there's a point that you have to protect yourself and your kids, right? Like if he's going to continue to spend, mm-hmm. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like I don't want my name on those. I don't want stuff. my name on that. And if yeah. you're headed towards a... I'm not putting this I'm not putting this evil on you but if if you're heading towards a point where like listen I don't know if I see us together in the future the more he racks up like I don't want to be any part of that because right. if you don't stick together there's like I'm looking like yeah. so is for this a, part of this going to be on me no you know Yeah so for the time being Heather there's probably some hard boundaries I would put up to yeah, protect yeah. you and the kids um but working on your marriage could solve a lot of this and then my my prayer is that they would get to a point that they're in agreement and realize okay he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna do x y and z Mm -hmm. and now as a team we have to work together and if you guys get to that point heather that's where you have to say all right we're in this together yeah what are we gonna do and that's right um but oh and then it's on both of you to just link arms and get out of it together yep 
And that's Ooh. what we pray for. We don't want this to split couples, but this is this is the stuff that causes divorce and 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 marriages, right? One hundred. If another spouse doesn't want to take the responsibility of the decisions they've made, mm-hmm. they're probably not taking responsibility in other parts of the marriage too. So that's such a good point. So hard. Such a good point and such a good reminder, man. It's uncomfortable and it is not fun. But have conversations with that person that you're engaged to, or even that person that you're dating. And if you've just gotten married, start having these conversations. You've got to know the other person's philosophy on money at the end of the day and not just make assumptions and go, oh, they've got a good job. They probably have it together or they don't seem like they have a lot of debt, like really digging deeper and figuring out and just asking, you know, even when you dream together, Rachel, like I know there's times Sam and I will sit together and think about, oh, it would be cool to have a business like that one day. Mm-hmm. Then take it a level deeper and go, well, to what extremes would you go? Like, I would never take out money for a business, would you? You know, yeah. really ask the questions, find ways to bring money into the conversation so you really understand in a lot of different facets what their views are on money. Because as we see here, I it know. can really be an issue long such term. A, such a tension point. So yeah, I, it's a big um, it's a big relational mm-hmm. uh, wedge mm-hmm. that's caused. So yeah, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, especially when you're dating, engaged, we get this question a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, when do I bring up the money? When do I all of it? And, you know, we would always encourage to be having hard conversations about everything, yeah. right? And yeah. and we've talked to people on the show that have been dating for six years and they don't they don't know anything about the their partner's financial situation and they think this or that and, and I remember being on the show with you one time we we're like what do they talk about like, <laughs> I, I know so, so take this stuff seriously you guys I'm like don't like ask about their 401k on the first date but that's like, a little extreme but start yeah. you know understanding like to be in the same value system with the person you're going to link arms with and um yeah but it's mm-hmm. it's a hard one it reveals a lot listen I say all the time if you have babies together you can share a bank account like that that needs to be it and both people's opinions should matter and sometimes it takes some time and many many conversations and counseling to get to that point but go through that journey this is the ramsey show this is the ramsey show i'm jade warshaw this is rachel cruz to my right and we're taking your calls so give us a call the number is 888-825-5225 and we'll try to help you out Let's go straight to the phone lines where we have Avery in Newport News, Virginia. What's going on, Avery? Hey, Jade and Rachel. It's so great to talk to you. I can't wait to see you guys in May. Awesome. Oh, Oh, you're coming to the Total Money Makeover weekend? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm bringing a friend, too. Love it. That's exciting. Ooh, love that. How can we help today? All right. So here is the situation. My mom always says the strongest thing in the universe is compound interest. My brother always says... Time in the market beats timing the market every time. Let's go. Uh, And I thought I was smart enough to time a dip. I had about $21,000 worth in a Fidelity mutual fund in my Roth IRA, and I sold my positions on it back in September. I was going off a bad hunch and have watched the market rally by like at least 20% since. (laughs) And I've calculated that I missed out on about $4,000 worth of gross. Uh, I'm kicking myself. I still contribute weekly, but that $21,000 is still sitting there in the account. I feel like I've learned my lesson, but what do I do now? Should I buy back in or should I wait for the rally to end and maybe buy in at a dip? <laughs> Listen, I'm first, I'm glad that you've learned your lesson and I hope that it sticks. Um, do you have any debt? I have no debt. Okay. Do you have three to six months of expenses saved? 
Yes, I do. Awesome. Listen, I'm getting back in today. And from here on out, I'm adding 15% of my gross income to it every single month. Okay. Today? Yeah. How are you feeling? Are, are your arms like sweating? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I feel, I mean, it feels like, I don't know if I buy now. I feel like if I'm you, at, it's so high, If you wait, you're you timing know? the market again. That means you haven't learned your, I, you haven't learned your I lesson yet. <laughs> Avery. Yeah, so, Okay, Listen. So, yeah, because Avery, I think the po- I think the point buying. the point though is is that all of this is long term, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you get in today, whether you get in in thirty days, whatever it is, the earlier you get in and you ride this out, again, long term, we're talking decades here. Um, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. So four thousand dollars at the end of you know when you're you know sixty five, it's gonna be a drop in the bucket. Because how old are you now? I'm 25. Yeah. So like all of the, I mean, it, it is. They're, they're, if you time it, if if Avery of February of 24 is different than Avery in July of 24. I mean, like, you know, if you wait six months or whatever, it's not absolutely the end of the world. But I think it's more about the principle behind this, right? The idea is that I can't time the market. It's an election year. We have no clue what's going to happen. And so if anything, I'm like, yeah, the lesson is I'm not going to try try to time the market. The lesson is I want to invest long term. That's what I'm doing. So to practice on the principle of the idea is to say, yeah, I'm at a position to start investing, put my money in the market. Yeah. Okay. And so even if I buy in today and then it goes down, like I feel like I'm going to kick myself again. Avery, you're not going to worry about it until you're 65. How old are you? I need to trust. 24, 25. Listen, think about it. Okay. If you, I think you're, focusing and Rachel tried to lay it out for you and I think she did a beautiful job but let me take a swing at it (laughs) I think you're so focused in whatever rate of return that you're hoping to get immediately or in the next couple of months but if you look at it the the like I don't know if you're new to the show but we talk all the time about oh you can get you know even if you just invest in an S&P 500 account you're still going to look at about 10 percent over time everything is over time and if you're pulling it out every month or every other month or when you think the market is dipping, you're not allowing for the rebound that always happens on the other end of that. And right. you can look over the, the the last 20 years even, you can just see, listen, the annualized rate of return has been upwards of 10%. And that's what you can count on. That's why we suggest what we suggest. And that's why everybody invests in these accounts in order to have their retirement. Yes. Avery, like, I say this in the most loving, big sister way that I can you are going to be your worst enemy, mm-hmm. okay? You're going to be the person that's going to be going on CNBC and watching the, the the ticker at the bottom. Daily. And saying, oh gosh, oh gosh, Avery, you got you have to you have to put the money in and you got to forget about it. That's what this is. This part of investing is that. It is long-term retirement type mm-hmm. mentality. And and it's going to take some it's going to take some uh restraint from you and your personality cuz already uh-huh. I'm trying to talk you off the ledge and your money's not even in the market. You know what? Avery you, you have needs, to really Avery Avery is who really needs a smart investor pro. Because one of the things that they will help you do is not freak out. Talk you off the ledge. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So it is one of those things Avery you I mean, I, ne- I I never really, I mean, I watch the market for this job. So, so we know what's going on in the economy, mm-hmm. but from a personal standpoint, I'm like, and it kind of sucks for me, Avery, from a personally, cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm such a spender. And when we fund 
our 401ks and Roths and all the things that we're supposed to do because we're smart and mm-hmm. we're wise and we actually do it, Jade, even though it kind of makes me like, because <laughs> it feels like a black hole. And I'm like, this money is leaving where we could be going on a great vacation this summer. That is that hilarious. Money. So it does kind of feel like, man, my money's just leaving and I'm never going to see it again. But you have to have the, you you have to know that a 65 year old Avery is is gonna want to live a great life and yeah. and you're gonna have a plenty of money to do that Avery if you mm-hmm. start investing now and not try to time every little thing because when you're in that little situation that's the principle you live by you're you're not gonna win long term because you yeah. have to have a long-term mentality yeah you can't do the I feel like he's trying to find a way to maybe make this thing happen faster and get rich quick and I'm like listen it doesn't work that way. Nope. And if it does, I feel like it's a fluke. And then everybody tries to figure out what it was that they did. And it's like, listen, just understand. It was just something that happened in a moment. So, ooh, I hope that helps. Let's take another call. Let's go to Haley in Philadelphia. All right, Haley, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks um, for taking my call. You're welcome. How can um, we help? My question is, I'm wondering if I should um, sell my car to pay off my student loans or if I should keep my car, pay it off tomorrow, and follow the baby steps to um, pay off my student loans. Mm. Okay. Well, how much do you yeah. have saved, and how much is the car bringing if you sell it? So I, so I have um, ten thousand dollars saved, mm-hmm. and the car value on Kelly Blue Book is fifteen thousand. Okay. Um, do you owe anything on the car? So, yeah, I owe five. Okay. Five thousand. So essentially, you'd be and how much? Oh, go ahead. No, How go much ahead. is your student loans? Um, I have seventeen thousand in student loans. Okay. How much do you make a year? I make seventy. Okay. No, I would not sell this car. No, you owe five thousand okay. dollars. Throw that. Throw five thousand of the ten thousand. Have it paid off today, and it's gone. Okay. And then you have yeah four thousand. Keep a thousand dollars in an emergency fund. Take four thousand. Throw it at um yeah the student loans. Mm-hmm. And gosh, and you got thirteen thousand left. Making seventy thousand, you're gonna yeah, you'll be able to pay off these student loans quick. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Is yeah, this the I would old? not, I would not and sell it. Okay, perfect. And I'm right now, I'm putting eleven percent of my um, take home pay into my four hundred one k. So I'm assuming I should probably stop that. Yes, that's I would right. Pause I'm, that. Yep, okay. exactly. So that'll be more money back in your paycheck mm-hmm. to throw at the debt, which is which is awesome. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you had like we talked to a girl um, two days ago, mm-hmm. me and George did, and she had a SUV BMW. She could sell it mm-hmm. for like seventy thousand. I mean, it was a pretty oh, wow. big like chunk. Yeah. You know, she owed some money on it. She could have paid it off with her sal- all this stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, but I mean, like it was a it was right. like it's a it was a you know an asset that's like oh my gosh you yeah. could sell it and make something. But no, you yeah with with a fifteen thousand dollar car you owe five you make mm-hmm. seventy you're in a great position just to sell it and you have that ten thousand dollars okay. saved which is awesome. Ooh, that's yeah, great. and I, I mean, the reason why I wanted to sell my car to begin with is because I live in, I live in Philly, so I don't, and I work from home, <laughs> so I'm literally using my car once a week, and that's mm-hmm. only to like go see my parents. Um, so that was kind of my my okay. train of thought, but it, I mean, it makes sense too. I mean, um, it's I don't feel like know, it's something it that's on fire for you to make that choice right away. Right. I, I'm with Rachel. If you if you still owed 15 on it, it might be a different discussion. But the fact that you only owe five and you have the five in your possession and you still have money to make decent headway on the student loan, I feel like it's something that after you pay off the car and maybe a year from now, if you're like, listen, I never mm-hmm. use this car, you might decide to sell it. But for now, sticking with it. Listen, good job. I'm happy for you. You'll be debt free in no time. This is The Ramsey Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, if you're like me at this time of the year, 
all of the school plays and meetings and invites from everywhere have completely drained your social battery. Or maybe you're like some of my friends who are bursting with energy so much that everyone may be telling you to just chill out a little. If you're having trouble navigating mismatched energy levels, boundaries, or finding people to do life with, it might be time to talk to a therapist. Therapy can be a place to open up with someone who's been trained to listen and walk alongside you and help you find paths through the chaos of mismatched energy levels and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. BetterHelp is completely online and flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. This is Rachel Cruz. And let me tell you something. I'm hyped, guys, because we have a great live event coming up in the late spring. Actually, it's May 10th through 11th. It's the Total Money Makeover Weekend. And listen, I've been here for some really great live events, Rachel, but I think this might be the one that I'm most excited about. It's going to be all the personalities. It's a whole weekend here in Nashville at our live event center up there on a beautiful hill with a beautiful view of Nashville and the surrounding area. And we're just giving you a crash course on the baby steps, how to manage your money. I love this event because it's really for anybody, regardless of where you are in the baby steps. You could be on baby step one or baby step seven. Yes. And you're really going to benefit from being at this event. It's like a rally, Rachel. I'm, I I'm here for it. And you know, at Ramsey, we've done so many different types of events, like you said. Mm-hmm. And we try to cover, you know, some events we try to cover your whole life and we try to, do, you know, get it, do it all. But it is fun to kind of focus in on a subject like money, which yes. Ramsey's, you know, it's what we talk about most of the time here on the show. And so to have a whole weekend dedicated to that yes. and really have the time to walk through um, mm-hmm. principles and ideas and motivation and fun. Yeah. George and I are going to do a Smart Money Happy Hour live Ooh. broadcast uh, the Friday before. I think I'm allowed to say that. Go ahead and say it. If you didn't, yeah, if I wasn't supposed to, sorry. Uh, and yeah, there's just some really fun things we're going to be doing. And if yeah. you are a fan of of the of the content on this show and others, you're going to love this weekend. It's it's a really fun. Listen, I'm excited. I had a meeting yesterday with one of our um, folks on staff who helps plan the content. And I told her one of my ideas is out of the box. Rachel oh, so Jade, you're always good at that it's gonna be you're creative fun. so early bird tickets start at $99 but remember it's for a limited time so go to ramseysolutions.com slash events today because Rachel and I both know these tickets sell out super fast and if you want that early bird pricing you gotta do it today or like tomorrow this weekend you just got paid so go on ahead and do it it's $99 <laughs> get that now at ramseysolutions.com slash events that's exciting man after that i feel like we have to go to the phone lines if you want to call in the numbers triple eight eight two five five two two five and we'll try to get to your call but in the meantime we have madison in tampa florida what's going on madison hi guys thanks for taking my call um so i'm just in a predicament um i just found out that i will be terminated from my job that i've been at for almost five years um, as of july 31st of this year Sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. I, what do you do? Um, I'm currently a business financial administrator okay. um, for a sales and marketing company. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, I make about $43,000 a year okay. at this job. 
Um, so I have six months to plan. Um, we're not officially terminated until July 31st. And at that time, we will receive severance, although I don't know how much. Okay. Um, um, I Keep going. I was going to say, I, I don't currently have anything in savings. Okay. And I'm worried about what's coming next. Yeah. yeah. So Madison, the way I would handle this, you know, when we um, talk to people who are paying off debt and there's a big life change that they are aware of, most of the time it's a baby, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're pregnant and we call it stork mode, pause the, the debt snowball and just pilot money. And I would say the same would be true if someone knows that they're going to relocate and they know that they're going to have some uh, moving expenses. Mm-hmm. We'd say put some of that money aside. And for you, thank God you have six months um, which is a gift to at least know that they're not coming in and they're like, today's your last day. Honestly. Um, so for now, I would I would save, you know, as much as possible. I would be in that mode of saving, saving, saving. Do you have a lot of debt? Um, so I have about $13,000 in debt. Um, What's it in? The majority of it, uh, student loans. Okay. Um, I just recently got my accounting, my associate's degree in accounting. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so what I would do, I would be saving Madison and then... I mean, I would start looking what Mayish and say, "Hey, I'm gonna," or even line up a job sooner than that and just I'm say, gonna, "I'm trying to do it now." <laughs> would you leave the job? I always wonder about that. They give you six months. I mean, if you know, if you know it's happening in six months, I don't. I, I would not wait. To, I personally would not wait to the wire. Yeah. Um. I don't. I'll be honest with you, uh, Madison. I don't know a ton about the financial admin space. Is there a lot of jobs out there? Is it easy to just kind of? go in, apply for something and get it? Or do you feel like, you know, that it could be a couple of months to find something? What do you think? Have you looked or do you kind of know the landscape? So I don't think there's much as far as the admin side, um, but I do have a part-time currently with a company called Primerica and I'm currently getting licensed. I just recently got licensed for life insurance Mm -hmm. and I'm currently trying to get licensed for investments. Um, So I've been trying to build that and I am also wondering, so I'm about to receive my tax return that time of year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to receive a nice chunk. I have a 12 year old, three year old, two year old and a one year old. Oh, we didn't get that. Okay, good. Okay, so you have four kids. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, you know, I'm going to receive about a little over $10,000 for my tax return. Okay. And I'm wondering what my best steps are to save take it. that. Yeah, save it. Are you married, things. Madison? Um, no, I'm no, not. Okay, I okay. have a partner. Um, okay. I do have a, I, I have a boyfriend. Okay. I just didn't um, know if there was like a dual income situation. Um, here's the yeah, thing. I'm the only, I'm yeah. the, I'm the breadwinner yep. in my situation. Okay. Perfect. Don't stick around. What I don't want you to do is stick around simply to get the severance. Like thinking like, I'm going to do yeah. this thing up to the wire to get, especially mm-hmm. an unknown amount that you're like, listen, I don't even know how much it is. Um, I, yeah. in this equation, I care more about, um, taking care of stability and, and taking care of the uh-huh. kids. So really lining up something or at least, listen, start getting options. It's not to say that you have to take the first job you apply for, but start Mm -hmm. seeing what's out there. If I'm you, I'm using this as an opportunity to take a step up, find another position that's, you know, within my field of knowledge and what I love to do to possibly get a raise and get a higher salary and really just look at this. I mean, I know it sucks and it hurts. You've been there for five years. Um, But like Rachel said, it's a gift that you've got six months and really think of this as the stair step to the next best thing and the yep. next good thing for you and your family. And um, before you get off here, let's let's connect her with some of the Ken Coleman materials. Yes, the assessments, his book, uh, Proximity Principle would be great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Austin, if we can give those to her, that's a great point. Yeah, and, and Madison, I would be encouraged too, you know, I mean, 
it's not like you're trying to replace a hundred and forty three thousand dollar position. Forty three thousand dollars, you can do that. You're mm-hmm. smart. You've done this, and and you've been with this company for five years. So there is, you know, a part of you that you want to leave well. But I don't know why my my heart kind of flipped on this, Jay. But when I'm like, oh, you got four kids. All right, we're a single mom. We got to provide. Yeah. Now you have to do what's best for Madison, and and I think you can leave well and respectfully. But I would be looking for another job because you got to pay your bills. Yeah. And so. And if you find it and you find a job you love and they need a sooner start date, I would just tell the company, you know, I would give plenty of notice. Yeah. Be, do it yes. respectfully, but you have to take care. You have four kids to take care of. So I would I would do this faster, you know. And, and again, I hate to say if you're a single person, all that, but you don't have, there, there's not as much. That's right. It's on you. You could probably have a level of flexibility to a degree, but when you have dependents yeah. <laughs> in your household, you want to make sure that that you're well covered. So I would be saving that tax return. Mm-hmm. I would be saving every penny you can um, between now and finding a new job. But well, let's talk about that, Rachel. Okay, so when I was <laughs> in my day, um, <laughs> when if you left a job, it was like, listen, give give two weeks notice or more if you can. Yeah, is that still like the running? I think is so. that still the thing? Two weeks notice. To me, I feel like that's a respectful, right? And, yeah. and the company, you know, like here at Ramsey, if someone gives their two weeks, they usually don't last, they don't stay the whole two weeks. Right. It's like, hey, let's wrap some stuff up. Because once you're done, you're done. Yes. Um, but and if they're in a position of, because it sounds like layoffs. So it's the com- layoffs. So the yeah. company's not in a good position. Mm-hmm. So if she does have a critical role, I would want to hand that responsibility off. Yes. To do it well before my area is is gone or whatever mm-hmm, the situation mm-hmm. is. Um so yeah. that'll I, never bite you in the butt. It's yeah, all you never want to burn weeks bridges. Is, is very appropriate. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so too. I'm like, listen, if you can give more, if there's a way to do that, I'm not mad people at that give either. less, and I'm like, mm, or like, oh, or, or two days, or that's you know what terrible. I, mean? I know. Or to just walk in and be like, I quit. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> listen, you never know. One thing I've learned, Rachel, is you never know who you'll run into on down oh, the line. Yeah, you know, you get older because the the world is small. Like, right. it's big, but it's small, right. and I have always been shocked at the people who have like come back around in my life or ver- vice versa. And it's kind of funny because sometimes people want things and I'm like, I know how you were. And so <laughs> I worked with you before, you know? Yeah. But Madison too. And anyone out there that has a big change like that. I think Jade, you said something that I was like, yes, see this as an opportunity of growth. And Ken's book, The Proximity Principle is really going to help you find that next better thing, right? This is a closed door to open something great. And we we want to believe that for you, Madison. Absolutely. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Keep hanging out with us. We're going to take more of your calls, hear from more of you guys coming up next. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm your host for this hour, Jade Warshaw, joined by your other host, Rachel Cruz. And we are taking your calls for the next couple hours on your life, your money, whatever it is that's going on in your financial situation. We'd like to help you with that. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And we'd be happy to uh, give our two cents. All right, let's go straight to the phone lines. We've got Trevor in Tacoma, Washington. What's going on, Trevor? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Yeah. Yes. Um, had a question. Me and my wife have been paying off debt for the past seven years slowly, hmm. but we have two items left, which is our house and my student debt. Okay. Last last year, I started uh, investing through uh, Fidelity, and within six months, I've uh, put in about ten thousand okay. dollars, pretty much from side hustles. Okay. And my student debt, 
is around that same amount, $10,000. It's the last bit I have. I feel like I know the answer, but I'm wondering if I should pull that and pay off the student debt. I haven't made really any money in the stock market, only being in there for six months. Is it just a brokerage account or is it a retirement account? I have two. Uh, I maxed out last year and then I've started this year. So in the Roth, I have about 7500 And in a uh, just normal brokerage, it's about $1,800. Um, I would not touch the Roth. It's retirement. And I do not want you to start the habit of if I need money, I pull it out of my retirement. Now, yeah. if you had single yeah. stocks laying around, listen, what's in the brokerage is technically up for grabs. It's not a whole lot of money, but it's some money. Um, what I really want to hammer home though, is the idea of just stay the course. Like, it sounds like you understood. It sounds like you understood that the plan is for you to pause retirement until you finish paying off debt. But it sounds like, and I relate to this because when you said seven years, everything in my body went, I know about that because it took my husband and I seven and a half years. And it sounds like you kind of got a little bit weary and maybe felt like you were getting behind And so maybe you started investing and I just want to encourage you from this point on, listen, I would stop investing and finish paying off this debt. Like I said, don't touch your retirement, what you've put in there already. If you want to pull what's in the brokerage, you can, like there's no penalty on that other than maybe a little bit of tax on it. But, um, how much do you guys make a year, Trevor? Um, we're a single, uh, single home uh, income. I, I stay at home and uh, homeschool two kids, and she makes about seventy seventy okay. thousand. And so. um, so you guys have been paying off debt for seven years. What was the debt you guys paid off, and how much was it? It was actually my side. We got married a few years ago, and it was all my side debt, and it was oh gee, the whole story of me being in the military overseas my other significant other not paying off debt and it just stacked up racked up and it was horrible gotcha gotcha okay i was talking about ca- credit cards repossessed cars mm, yeah that paid. so you guys have been through it oh, trevor my. i mean to jade's point i'm like <laughs> seven years but but honestly um so i get the, the you know there's a weariness there we're just like oh my gosh but yeah but what you've done though so far which is one of the biggest obstacles for people is to change what you believe about money, right? There was one set of beliefs that yeah. you had overseas in the military that got you, you know, those choices created an outcome yeah. that you said, I don't like this outcome. So you have been working your way right out of this. So I think that one of the biggest, again, hurdles you've overcome that is, hey, I'm going to look at money differently. But then you get into the details, into the kind of the nitpicky stuff. Like we are here at Ramsey where we're mm-hmm. like, pause retirement. Like there's certain <laughs> things you do for a reason. This isn't just for the heck of it. It's it's because of what we've seen over time. And this last bit, Trevor, I mean, this is like, Home the fi- I know, I hate to even like relate it to this, but I just watched a video. It was on Instagram Reel and there was a, yeah, it was I the- mean, the cars are paid off now. Is there a way I can do both? Maybe make because, a higher when- payment on my student debt? No. Uh, no, I think you just I think you just pause it. You're going to be okay for okay. a year. Yeah. yeah, for a year. And, okay. and, and you guys make 70,000. And I would even Trevor, yeah. I'm like, if there's anything like at night that you can go do, if you can make a side gig of, you know, with a thousand bucks a month, like that's going to add to this. I mean, anything well, just where to, my money's came from with side gigs, like there you putting go into this. Okay. What about the 70? Do you, do you have anything that you guys from just a lifestyle standpoint that you can cut? Oh, we've been we've been cutting the past two months subscription. Okay, good, good. So you're kind of back in it. It's that it's that fuel, but it's almost <laughs> like you're 
limping a little bit to that finish line and I want you to sprint. Like I just want yeah. you I want you to get there and you're going to be okay. okay if it pauses for a year. How old are you guys? Uh 33. Oh yeah, you guys Listen, are fine. Jade's got yeah, Jade, I, give us I, I, give I, lo- us the math. I love walking you through this. Okay, you said um <laughs> you're investing a little bit now. What percentage are you investing? How much a month? Again, it's not from our actual account. It's from me doing side hustles. Still. It's around 1000 a month. Okay, you're investing 1000 a month, which means obviously when you have this debt clear, you'll have that and more to yeah. invest, right? So let's just pretend yeah. that you said right now there's 75 in your Roth. I'll just put it at 5000 mm-hmm. just to be, I'm, I'm going to make this like so foolproof. And let's say <laughs> that every month you do an additional $1,000 every single month. This is after you're out of debt. This okay. is after you're out of debt. And this is, I'm going to do like a super conservative rate of return. I'm going to say 8% just for all the hater aids out there to just calm down and let's say you retire at 33 right let's see how much money that would be for you oh shoot no not retire at 33 he has 33 oh he has he's i'm saying for 33 years for 30 oh, years oh, in 30 years mm-hmm. okay i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah yeah wait rachel keep the conversation going because so, yeah, my so, computer's so, being yeah, weird. yeah yeah so he's 33 and let's say in 30 years you decide that yeah i'm gonna retire at 63 yeah 64 uh, the beautiful thing is that you'll see the, what the decisions you've already made with the Roth, which again would not um, completely agree with because you still have debts. But the proof is, is that even if you waited one more year, didn't contribute anything to investments or retirement, paid That's off right. his debt, went back to investing in retirement and put money away in 30, 33 years. Dude, $1.5 million in 30 years. And just okay, so pause this year. Yeah. Paid off. You're still going to, my point is you're still going to be just fine. Sorry for the delay. My computer was not doing what I wanted it to do, but that's starting at $7,000, which you said you have 75 in your Roth right now. That's a 30 year term. You're, you're in your thirties. Now you're going to invest, you're going to, you know, retire in your sixties. It's a very conservative rate of return that I put in here. You're going to do better than that rate of return. I'm just letting you know. And this is a thousand bucks a month. Like, come on now. And then 15% of your income to you with that 70,000, I would push you guys to say, yeah, instead of that going, you know, to debt, that's going to be now going to Mm -hmm. investing. And this is assuming nothing changes. Like you're going to earn more money. You're going to have more opportunities. Like I just want you to see worst case scenario is $1.5 million. Come on, Rachel Cruz. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. I feel like people need to do this more. Yep. People need to run out the numbers and stop letting it circle above their head and cause and the them. the fear that's out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's like you're over here getting a stomach ulcer because you're like, I'm getting too old. And I used to feel that way. My husband and I didn't start investing until our mid thirties. And now I see like, we're going to be just fine. And you're going to be just fine to work the plan as planned. It works every time. This is the Ramsey show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, But over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the Internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. 
Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. And by the way, thank you for listening to The Ramsey Show. Um, We're just so grateful that each and every day you guys choose to log in or go onto YouTube or go to your podcaster and pick our show to listen to. Like, that's great. We're here because of you all. And uh, we just want to encourage you to keep doing that. Keep liking, keep subscribing, and really keep keep sharing it with people that you think will enjoy the content that we give to you guys every single day. Um, It doesn't cost you anything, and it really is beneficial for us and for the people around you because they get this wonderful resource, but it also helps us because it just helps the algorithm favor us a little bit more above some of the other things that are out there. So if you like this, tell other folks about it. You know, they might have their crime podcast that they like, but like, tell them about the Ramsey show. It's with me. It's, it's no. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> these crime podcasts, I don't, Rachel, I don't get it, but <gasps> I'll send you one. I don't know if I can watch it. I feel like... No, it's I, a listening. You listen. Listen. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't you, watch you, it. You yeah, listen. there's nothing scary. You see. You just listen oh, to it. Oh, ready. I got, I got you something. Oh, don't Rachel Cruz loves her a Sam says crime no. podcast. <laughs> Jade Warshaw, your other host, is <laughs> fearful of them. <laughs> but, you know, listen, as long as we're part of your, your daily routine and you listen to a little bit of The Ramsey Show, then go listen to there a little bit of your other podcast. <laughs> So, so funny. Well, anyway, my point was to tell you that we appreciate you and keep doing what you do. We're going to go to the phone lines where there's Tony in Rochester, New York. What's going on, Tony? Hi. Hey. Um, so um, I'm calling because uh, I I am quite a bit in debt. Uh, it's gotten to a point where after I pay my bills and subscriptions and things that I got going on, um, it's the, the amount of uh, credit card that I got, it's pretty much takes over the rest of the paycheck. Mm. And, um, and we're trying to manage it. Um, I'm looking at options and consider, you know, sold a car considering maybe selling a house. <laughs> a house. Uh, Do you have more than one? The, no, the, the house, the, the house. house. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yep. Selling the house. Um, and, uh, maybe using that to bring them down. I owe, I, I make about a hundred, thousand a year and uh is that including your wife oh about was that is the hundred thousand including your wife no it's just me just you does she work outside the well house? I, I that that's the, our household i'm uh, okay. she's, she's she's at home okay and okay. Um, I, i'm the one that's working outside and how much credit card debt um, do you guys have we got about 126 126 thousand in credit card debt yeah and what yeah. Guys, so, tony, so yeah no you know it's okay i i can hear it in your voice tony i mean it's um that's hard. That's really hard. What caused, what was the, the reason for that? Well, um, I was out of work for, for a year trying to figure out different things. I attempted uh, some things on my own as well. I weren't able, wasn't able to make enough uh, to, to get us uh, out, out of, you know, to, to be able to sustain us for a long time, start mm-hmm. getting that, uh, started getting uh, credit cards mm-hmm. to be able to manage, uh, uh, you know, yeah. Until I, I finally got a job, and, and then it's grown because once, once I guess there's a point of <laughs> you have enough debt, the payment get it to uh, get you to a point where you can't make it's it's what's left is not enough. So you you got to continue yeah. getting more in debt, yeah. more and more and more. And we haven't Cyclone. been able to manage reducing the, the expenditures enough. Yeah. To, um, so how long have you been in this stop. in this job that you're in now? How long has it been? About 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 a year. Okay. Year so when half. did you decide? 
when was the point for you that you were like, I, I got to do something different. This isn't, this isn't working. Well, as soon as I'm looking at the numbers, I mean, a, a few years ago, a year, well, for a while we've been wanting to do something, but it's, okay. uh, it's become quite urgent now. So yeah. we're trying to figure out. How know, much are you paying every down. month? How much are you paying every month towards these credit cards? Probably 1500 a little more. 1500 3, $3,500. Oh, 3500 Okay. And is that's that... the minimum payments. That's the minimum payments. Wow. Yeah. And you mentioned a car. Um, yeah. Is it... Tell me about the car situation. So we had two cars. Um, one of them, I ended up having to spend quite a bit in repairs and things like that. And I said, well, you know what? Um, I, I got it fairly nice, but um, I didn't want to continue. And, and so I have another car that's uh, newer. And it's good shape. I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I own loans on them. So, so um, can I? Sorry, just I, to I only clarify. Have the one car right now at this point. I okay. The so that? there's one car. The the car that you said you didn't want to, you know, continue with. What did you do with it? Do you still own it? Does it just need the repairs? No, sold it. You sold it. Sold it. Yeah. Okay. So now you're a one car family. There's one car family for now. Yeah. Okay. And the car that you have, what do you owe on it, and what's it worth? It's. It's uh, I owe about thirty thousand okay. on it. It's probably worth the same amount, maybe a little more. It's fairly newer, so it's kind of okay. The loan's a little over what the that car is worth. So if I were to sell it, I don't know that I'll get my money back. <laughs> yeah, you'd be no. underwater in it. And, um, and there's no, you yeah. have no savings. I'm assuming nothing saved anywhere. Not a, well, just a little bit, and I and, and uh, for one, very little. Okay, uh, that's and, off uh, limits. What I want to ask yep. about, um, sorry, I'm going to pry, like I'm putting my crowbar in and I'm prying out. Um, your wife's a stay-at-home mom? Yeah. How many she's kids do you have? She's actually on the line, too, which is hearing, hearing us. Oh, oh, hey, hi. girl. Hi. <laughs> um, hi. Hi. Hey, so you're staying at home. You're doing, you know, you're doing some heavy lifting. Um, how many kids are you watching and, and taking care of? Three. Three. And what's their ages? We're uh, already, the, the, our oldest one is 11, uh-huh. uh, Andrea is 8, and the uh, the youngest one is 6. Okay, so when I'm listening to that, I'm hearing school-aged kids, which is great because that daycare, yeah, you know, bill is not a thing. So my mm-hmm. question is, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going around this delicately, but I think there's room that you can work as well because right now oh, yeah. the oh, most yeah, money definitely. that you can bring yeah. in is what's going to break this cycle. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just trying to to make smart choices. Uh, like I was telling him, it's just difficult to to sit down, sorry, and like mm-hmm. a, a search, you know, like a search for a job that mm-hmm. uh, it's prudent in terms of uh, knowing the the hours, minimum per hour, and yeah. just with one car right now we. Uh, are managing so he takes the car for the most part right now or or if not the bus uh-huh. uh, it, it is a bit difficult but yeah that that is my main goal yeah. well i always I'm say also, get i always say get a job until you get the job because right now okay literally anything you do is going to help you guys out yeah if you drop the kids yeah. off and go work at a bakery you mm-hmm. know for anything. you know whatever it is like go yeah, doing something because. Um, and what's your name? Can I ask? We have Tony and 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 uh, Ines. 
Inez. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not that I haven't tried. I I've actually I believe tried sure, to, sure. to come up like with uh, on the side jobs, like uh, staging. Uh, yeah. Because here's the deal, I, you guys. I, I I know Tony had mentioned, or at least it's here on our screen. Um, one of your biggest questions was debt consolidation. And yeah, here's yeah. what here's I what I want. Okay. Uh, so so here's the deal, you guys. What's going to fix this issue is you guys. It's not rearranging mm-hmm. this credit card debt and trying to find a lower interest rate. That's not your problem. The problem is is that you guys lived a cycle with your money that got you in this problem and in this mess. But mm-hmm. the beautiful thing is. Yes, you were the ones that got yourselves in this mess, but you're the ones that's going to get yourselves out of it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so listen to each other because this is the stress point because you're starting to make that turn of saying, we're going to do something differently. She's looking mm-hmm. for a job. You've sold a car. I mean, you guys are feeling this tension. You're starting to make these choices. You're getting in the right direction. So stay on the same team because Tony's not feeling great about himself. And when I heard you, when when you, mm-hmm. I heard your voice immediately, Tony, I thought, He's caring so much. There's a lot of shame. Yes. There's a lot of guilt that you feel, Tony, like this was my responsibility. I tried taking care of my family and this is what I got us in. She is supportive. She sounds wonderful. You know, know. And, and she's yes. wanting to help. But but you guys together, you have to work as a team and stay on the line because Austin's going to pick up and we're going to give you Financial Peace University and Every Dollar Premium, which is our budgeting mm-hmm. app. And you guys sit down together, go through these lessons, learn the basics, because debt consolidation, that's not going to be your answer. Not the option. You are your answer. You guys can do this. We take these calls every day and hear people that do their debt-free screams. I mean, Jade is a living testimony of this, of you guys can do this. It's going to take a long time. It's a lot of sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but it is possible. So I'm so glad you guys called today and we, we wish you nothing but the best. You guys can do this. Hey, you're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. This is Rachel Cruz to my right, and we're taking calls about your life and your money. Just came off of a call, and, you know, honestly, we get calls all the time of people, you know, they're in a a hard financial situation, and, you know, we're asking questions and mining around to kind of figure out what's the core of the problem, where the problem come from, how can we go about a life that we're not repeating those mistakes again, and you kind of do have to dig in, and each individual kind of has to go back and do their own digging so that they're figuring out what happened here. Like, it's good to want to solve a problem, but you also have to go back and go, okay, but what happened? Like, what caused me to to act in that way? What did I do that caused this to kind of spin out? Um, and we try to help you guys with that a little bit. And some of that is personal work. But one of the themes that I notice, Rachel, is, and I get this, like, I this is not me pointing a finger. This is just, I think, a, a human nature thing that we have to guard against, which is, you know, everybody has work in the words of Ken, Kimmel, Ken Coleman that they were created to, to do. And everybody wants to find the work that they're created to do and the thing that gives them life and the thing that gives them energy. And I'm all for that. You know, you want to be excited to go to work and feel like it's time well spent. Um, but I do find that a lot of times we enter into seasons of life that we are doing work that we don't love and it's not the job and it's not right the one that we were hoping for. And I, you'll hear me say it time and time again, do a job until you get the job. And so in the spirit of what I think is just a consistent thread that we see throughout and even that I face throughout times in my life is five reasons to get any job. To go. <laughs> just I to get this. any job, all right? So number one, some money is better than no money. That's right. Right? Some money coming in is better than no money. When COVID hit, uh, we were in the cruise industry 
and ain't nobody going on cruises and the live entertainment industry and wasn't nobody going to a live <laughs> event. So I had to get a job and my husband had to get a job. I had to get a job that I did not like that, to be honest, I was over fully, fully, fully overqualified for. But we didn't want to just burn savings. So yeah, it's yeah. like bring in some money like we we're debt free. We have hardly any expenses. Any money that we bring in is going to be great. So we did that and it didn't feel good. And let me just say, I don't necessarily believe that work is beneath people, but in some days it felt like it was beneath me. Like, let's just be honest about that. Somebody needs to say it. You you know, some of you feel like, listen, I, I don't, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be yeah. working at McDonald's. Okay, I get that you feel that way, but you don't have any money. So go work <laughs> at McDonald's. All right. And listen, just be happy that McDonald's is open because back in the day in COVID, it wasn't even open. So anyway, um, some money is better than no money. Rachel, the next one I have here is your spouse needs to see who you are. Mm. And if you're a husband or a wife and you're facing a very hard time in your marriage, go get a job. Because when they see you at home and you're not working and they feel like they're taking on the burden of that, you can help take some of that off. So go get a job. And then that might encourage your spouse to go get a job. Like that is good. Your spouse will feel like, I remember when I was a kid, one like my dad, he just was always working. And I was like, one thing about my dad is like, this man is going to work. Like, and it just, it builds a sense of security in your kids and in your family. Yeah. Go get a job. And, and no one's going to be going, well, but, but my dad only works here. No one is saying that they're going, listen, my dad goes out and works hard every day. That's right. Go get a job. All right. Uh, number three, um, you'll learn what you like and what you don't like. Yes, by testing out all different things. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I don't like food service. I don't like call center. Um, I don't really like working with animals, even though I like animals. Um, yeah, I like cooking. I don't like making wedding cakes. I've done it before. It's a lot of work. Like, I can tell you, Rachel Cruz, the things that Jade does not, not like do. doing. <laughs> okay. Um, and I now I know what, the situations that I do enjo enjoy working in. So you'll learn what you like. You'll learn what you don't like. Uh, number four, you'll be productive. Yes. And there's just something to be said for, all right, I'm getting, getting up, up and leaving and doing something. Yeah. yeah. Or not leaving, but staying at home and being on your computer, doing something. something. Yes. Something. You're, you're getting out of your bed, even if you're putting on sweatpants and going up and putting your little headpiece on and doing your call center job. I'm almost talking about it like I know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then finally, it will build confidence in you because when you go, the longer you go without a job, the more you mm. wonder if you'll ever be able to get a job. So to just go from one job to another says, listen, I've got some confidence. Like I can say when I go to my next interview, I can say that I'm currently working or I can say, here's oh, the experience oh, that I've had. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. at least feel it on the inside. That's right. That's so right. So there you have it. Five, five reasons to take any job before you get the job. And that Whew. was free, ladies and gentlemen. Free from, game. Right. From Jade Warshaw. That's amazing, Jade. I mean, seriously, because I do think that there is this feeling and especially if you've been in a certain industry or you kind of have your line of sight of like, this is what I do and you get laid off mm -hmm. or you or, you know, you're in a bad situation, you quit, whatever the mm -hmm. whatever the reason is. Yeah. And you still have that kind of narrow focus yeah. of this. And to your point, when you, when bills have to be paid, open those horizons and go just yeah. do something. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, one door leads to another and yeah. you never know. You might be uh, taking someone's burger order and you meet. Some you know the person taking the order they they have a situation that they tell you about and it leads to the next thing you just you never ever know what's behind a door so don't 
don't count it out and think that you're above it or think that it's just keep going. Anyway, whew, I digress. I got to take a deep breath. I love it. We got to go to Brenda in Washington, D.C. Sorry, Brenda, that you have to come after that. But what's going on in your world? Hi. So um, me and my husband are looking to buy a house. Uh, we want to know if we're even there yet. And if we are, what steps financially we should take to get there as far as um, pausing our investments, continuing to invest or, um, yeah, what we should do. Okay. Um, well, what we, what we look at, Brenda, is a series of steps that we want completed before you go and purchase your first home. So uh, are you, how much debt do you guys have? Um, we have about, I think, 12000 total for our cars, and that's it. And that's it? Okay, perfect. And do you guys have any money saved? We have about 55000 in savings. Okay, that's great. How much do you guys make a year? Um, combined, we ha- make around 220 before taxes. I don't know what it is after, to be honest. Yeah, great. okay, perfect. That's a great income. Um, okay, so if I were you, Brenda, I would pay off your cars today with the money that you guys have saved in that $55,000 account. Um, and then the remaining, I would look to see how much your expenses are a month. Because what we say is after you pay off all your consumer debt, look to get a three to six months of expenses saved in a fully funded emergency fund. And you can put that, you know, that money in a high yield savings or a money market. Um, and for you guys, you know, you may want to put some more towards savings um, once the car, once you pay off the cars, or maybe that's enough for you guys. But I want mm-hmm. you guys to look at your own budget and figure out, okay, if we need probably three months. Do you guys have kids? No, we do have a kid on the way. That's part of our... Oh, um, okay. Kind of we Ooh. want to buy a house, too. That's so great. Well, congratulations. When are you due? Yeah, thank you. Um, September. In September. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't push the timeline of the home with or without the baby, okay? So, meaning, like, I wouldn't feel like, oh, my gosh, I have to get in before yeah. the baby or what? I wouldn't let the baby's timeline dictate <laughs> your house timeline. I want okay. your money to dictate the house timeline. So, again, I want that fully funded emergency fund. And honestly, Brenda, with the baby on the way, you know, starting to look for a home, I would I would feel comfortable around that five to six-month mark mm-hmm. um, for an emergency fund and just making sure you guys have plenty of cash set aside. And then you want to start saving up for your down payments, and I would say to put at least 5% down and make sure your payment is no more than 25% of your take-home pay. So when okay. you run those numbers, you guys can kind of look. Now, you're in you're in the D.C. area, so you're in an expensive mm-hmm. part of the country real estate-wise. So your expectations and, the, and our formula, you know, we get knocked on it sometimes. It is more on the conservative side. Mm-hmm. But I don't want this house to be the thing that stresses you guys out. So it may take maybe another year or two or depending on, you know, what kind of house you guys are looking at um, to really kind of slow down and say, yep, let's get in a good position, have a good down payment and making sure that it's a reasonable payment within our income to make sure to pull the trigger. So I hope that's helpful, Brenda. And if you go to RamseySolutions.com, we have tons of uh, articles and free content on home purchasing. So make sure to check that out. 
Hey guys, are you ready for the secret to help you reach those money goals that you've been dreaming about? It's simple. You got to get on a budget. With our budgeting app, Every Dollar, you'll get intentional with your money and build the habits that will make those dreams a reality. And we'll be with you every step of the way, from your first budget to that retirement home on the beach. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Remember, today, download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. Hey, by the way, a couple of days ago, we did a Q&A after The Ramsey Show all on budgeting. And it was it was really cool. It was live. It was George and I here in the studio. It's still on the YouTube page if you want to go and check that out. If you have any questions about our budgeting app, Every Dollar, which is the best budgeting app in the world, we did a live Q&A where we had Every Dollar pulled up on the screen. Uh, George and I were just kind of little characters in the corner so you could really <laughs> see how the budgeting app works. And we answered, Rachel, gosh, probably eight or 10 questions in depth. And I mean, it's questions that most of you have all the time. How do I do sinking funds? What do I do if I get paid four times a week? Do I do my budget by week or how do I do it? We answered all those questions. We talked about, um, gosh, paying off debt. So many just everyday questions. So if that's something you're interested in, find it on our YouTube page. I'm sure they'll pull it up at some point or maybe even after this segment. So stay tuned for that. It's so valuable. There it is. It was really, really cool. I think like over, gosh, the numbers on it were crazy. I'm not going to sit here and try to quote it, but my point <laughs> is go watch it because it was super duper valuable. And I'm sure that we'll do that again. I don't know when, but it was super valuable. So go in there every dollar again, such a great budgeting tool, but like, let's be honest, there's sometimes questions that you have and things that you want to know about it. And so we're here to answer those questions as well as questions about your life and your money, which we're going to do. The number is 888-825-5225. We're here to help. And let's go to Jerry in Phoenix, Arizona. What's going on, Jerry? How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, How can we help? My, my question is I'm 66. My wife is 71. She's been diagnosed and had um, dementia for three years. Oh, I'm so getting sorry. close to having to go into thank you, go into a long-term care facility. Mm-hmm. I've done the baby steps. I have like five thousand in emergency fund and twenty thousand in savings and investing. My house is paid for, but my question is: Should I sell my house to pay for her long-term care, which I can't afford on my income? How much does the long-term care, how much is it costing you? Like what's the cost per month per year? Cost per month for long-term care is about 7000 a month. And I take home only 5000 with my retirements. Okay. And are you retired, Jerry, then? Yes, I'm retired okay. military on disability and social security. Okay. Okay. So um, tell us more about your, your home situation. Okay. I own my home. It's worth about... 700,000. I could sell the house here and move into a smaller house for like 400,000 and it would leave me about 250,000. And I could use that to pay monthly on long-term care, memory care, because that would only last for maybe two years or three years. Assuming it's not invested. What's that? The house? No. The 250,000. Are you just thinking of it as a lump sum as it it is? Cash, yeah, I would have to, yeah, but it would just be my equity out of the house after I sold it. And tell me again, sorry, I was kind of writing down some things. Tell me again what you have in retirement as it stands. Okay, military retirement, military disability, social security, and my wife's social security. 
and it adds up to about 4800 a month. But what are the nest eggs? Is there a nest egg anywhere in there? Um, I've got uh, 20000 in the savings account and 5000 in another savings account for my emergency fund. Okay. Let me think I've been here. Trying to get every, you know, we're trying to get everything right and house paid off. And yeah. Getting there, but then this happens. And yes, I'm so <laughs> sorry. And Jerry, I mean, I'm assuming because you called and asked the specific question. I mean, so she she will need to be in a... Yeah, in she's a getting to a point where I'm not going to be able to take care of her, yeah. you know, at my age. And I'm doing full-time caretaking for her okay. right now, but I can, yeah. I'm just trying to look into the future. I know it's not going to last forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I'm so sorry. Have you um, Have you looked at other options at other whether it's, you know, homes or facilities or even in, in home care at mm-hmm. all? Um, yeah, I have looked at it. It's, it's a little bit cheaper, but not, not very much. Still going to be about 5,000. Okay. More than I, more than I take home. So yeah. In this case though, a, a 2000 difference is a big difference from right, 5,000 right. to 7,000. So it is mm-hmm. something to consider. Okay. Yeah, I thought about that because the house that I have now, well, I'd have to sell this house. That's all. That's the only thing I could think of to be able to have money to do anything. Yeah, I mean, I do think so. Yeah, it's it is it's a large asset. Um, It's paid off, which is just incredible. And I think it is, you know, that like you know, you need money for her, right? And so you do have um, a stream of income in a sense with. This, I mean, not income, but you have the ability to get some cash if you do sell um, this home. Um, what would it look like? You you ran one scenario where you sell this seven hundred thousand dollar home, you take two fifty, you invest it well, and you're pulling off of it for a number of years to only fund it for so long. But that's with you buying a three or four hundred thousand dollar house. Is there any situation? Well, it's just going to be you in the home, um, possibly depending on which route you go. Is there is there a a route where you buy something far less expensive, like a condo, as opposed to a full-size house, even even though it would be downsizing, but something even smaller where you've got a larger nest egg that you can invest and draw off of for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always an option. And I know in the Phoenix area, even condos, they're getting up there price-wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah Um yeah, I mean, Jerry, I'm so I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, I probably would. Yeah, I would look to to probably sell, and and I think mm-hmm. you do have to map out because um, what I don't want to happen is you sell this paid off asset and um, there's nothing left for you. There's nothing left for you, or you end up running out, and then you have mm-hmm. to go to another option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I would I would run the numbers pretty tightly. I probably wouldn't rush into buying something new right now for you. Mm-hmm. Um, right. As you go, down. and I would look at other options for um, care care as well. Um, I mean, obviously, we want the best for our loved ones for sure. But that industry can vary so so much. And you guys, obviously, you don't have she doesn't have long term care insurance or I mean anything, no. right? Okay, is, is I never planned for. I wish I would have. No, I know, I know. Well, and and it. She's so young, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. um, I'm so, so sorry. Would you, you, you'd invest the money if you sold the house and then tried to take the money out of the investments or how would that work? Yeah, I, I probably would 
try to take away as big a chunk as possible. That's why I was saying, is there a way that you can do a situation where you're taking the majority of the sale of this and investing it? Because then what you're drawing off of it is much less and you would only draw off what you needed to fund this since you're living, since you already have some income, of course, coming in from all of your different retirement options, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have to pull much. I mean, we're talking about, you said you bring in 5,000, this is an additional seven to 5,000. So it'd be you coming up with a, a a retirement option where it allows you to pull off 5,000 and you're dwindling that nest egg far slower than if it was a $250,000 nest, like going in with six or 700,000 is a lot different than going in Mm -hmm. with 250,000. So to Rachel's point, Mm -hmm. like, I hate the idea of you being a homeowner and then you not being a homeowner anymore. But I would love if you worked with a professional to see what your options are, because A, I want you to be able to take care of her, but B, you're not getting any younger either. And so there's got to be a situation where you're covered as well. And that'll just, at the very least, having your options will really just help give you peace about, okay, this is... This is what I know I can do. Here are my options. It's not floating around in my head and being able to choose between a couple of things on paper as opposed to just thinking, all right, this is my only choice. I can only do yep, X. Yep. That's right. That's right. Right. So that, that makes sense. Talk to probably like an investor. Yeah, we have SmartVestor Pros. You can hop on um, RamseySolutions.com and check out our, our SmartVestor Pros and they're going to help you really see okay, here's what we can do. And they're going to shoot you straight and tell you what your options are. Mm -hmm. And again, that's going to help give you a very clear picture of what your choices are moving forward. And how to stretch this money out Mm -hmm. as long as possible, Jerry, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's, that's going to be the goal to make her comfortable, to make you feel good about the situation. But how can you do that while balancing you have a chunk of money? And how can we, how can we get that to go as far as possible? Yeah. Tough stuff, but you know, there are options and the more... Knowledge is power. That's what I was trying to get to. At the end of the day, knowledge is power. So go out there and see how those smart investors can help you. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw, joined by your other host for the day, Rachel Cruz, taking your calls all afternoon long. Your life, your money, we want to hear about it. The number is 888-825-5225, and we will get into it. So, you know, come ready, because we're going to give you our <laughs> thoughts and our advice on it. All right, so let's go to the phone lines where there's Vanessa in Dallas, Texas, waiting. What's going on, Vanessa? Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for your time today. No problem. Absolutely. How glad can you're help? here. I'm so glad it's the two of you because I really, really want your opinion. I just got engaged <laughs> two weeks ago. Very oh, excited. Congratulations. Um, we, thank you so much. We don't have a date yet. Um, we both rent separately. We're both completely out of debt. No secret credit cards, nothing like that. Nice. Um, and I was just curious, what should we prioritize first? I'm really, I'm one of those soon-to-be brides where I care more about getting into a home rather than a very large, expensive wedding. And I just, mm. I feel like I'm suffering from paralysis of the analysis and I don't really know where to go from here. Okay, good question. Oh my gosh. So for you guys, the wedding, is it, um, is it you guys paying for it? You and your fiance? Yes, just us. Okay, and how much do you guys make a year? 
Um, we both make 65 respect, respectively, so all together, 130. 130, but we okay. we haven't combined any finances yet. Yes. Oh, you're, you're good. This <laughs> is like, I swear we're doing this way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love right. it. <laughs> um, okay. Do you guys have money saved? What would be the money saved to, uh, if you were to combine savings? Not like you're going to, but if you were, what would that be? At this point, we both have a fully funded six-month emergency fund, and that is it. Like, okay. we, we paid off all of our debt, saved up, baby step three, all of that, and then he popped the question. So uh-huh. we're really, like, we're, we're basically starting from, um, like, baby step three B slash wedding fund. Yeah, money. so you both have a six-month emergency fund separately? Correct. Awesome. Okay, so how, mu- how, much, is in, how much is in yours? How much is in his? Mine is, so since we make the same amount of money, um, like it's right in the neighborhood of about $20,000. Each of you has, okay. Correct. Uh, Okay, that's great. Yep, and I would would leave that alone. Yeah. Um, I would keep that as is and... um, Okay, what is his take? That's what I want to know. Is he more on the house side or is he at all have any... I don't know, I feel like dudes don't really care about the wedding as much, usually, stereotypically. Yeah, I would think so. so. He's kind of torn as well because um, he was raised Catholic. So his 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 family's um, approach to everything is like try to get married in the church, which is I know is around like ten to fifteen thousand um, dollars. But if it, I mean, at the end of the day, we're both sort of like, what if we just went down to the courthouse and could what, be done with it then? When you like, said that, sort of. When you said that, like, are ahead. you saying that the church is more expensive than like another venue? Because I always feel like the church route is less expensive than like a ballroom, right? So the church comes with a lot of like prerequisites that you have to go through, like marriage counseling, which is wonderful, um, and like things like that. Um, and I think it just sort of as like all encapsulated is about ten to fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like we would be able to do it probably for that much money. Okay, but you guys don't want to do that necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, and you it's don't have more- to. Yeah, I mean, I I would lean on what you guys want, and it sounds like Vanessa. Unless I'm mistaken that you both lean to like, hey, let's, I mean, it's, I mean, you could do a lope. You could go a step up from a lope, get the license, mm-hmm. go have a great party. Yeah. Like treat reception. it like an engagement party. Yeah. And yeah. Have a great reception um, at some date, you know, later in the future. Um, but it sounds like your priority is because of how, I mean, I can tell how focused you guys are, um, is really looking towards the future and looking at like, hey, what's going to last us longer and saving uh, more for a down payment on a home <laughs> is quote unquote technically a better financial investment. I won't necessarily say emotionally and all the things, but like I do that, think whatever you choose, you have to make it a memory. Like you have to yes do something that makes it like special. Like if you say, okay, we're just going to go down to the courthouse right now in your life, you're really um, focusing on the financial thing, but there might be a point later on where you see something like, or something sparks. I wish sparks. I had gotten a dress. I wish yeah. I had done a couple of things. Yes. So um, there is part of that that I think that she should include or, you know, that you should include Vanessa, even though, even if you choose to go like the, the do the least route, right? Like still have a beautiful dress, still do something that's going to create a, min- a memory in your mind where mm-hmm. later on you will look back and not feel like you missed out because you still did yeah. something. And, and it is interesting because these types of situations and you could probably put vacation in this realm that i'm talking about or other things 
it is so personality driven. I had a yeah. cousin and they went to Washington, literally went to the top of a mountain, had a pastor do it and they were done. That's cool. Like that's all because that was like their thing. And they're like, that's all we want. We don't mm-hmm. need a bunch of people around. We're good. Uh, you yeah. know, and then, you know, for me, I'm like, I love, I love a good party and I love <laughs> dressing. I love all the things. So I'm yeah. like, I would tend to lean, which I did. I, I enjoyed my wedding and I yeah. loved it, um, you know, but all that to say your personality and what you guys want and what you guys value is going to drive this. And uh-huh. so maybe Vanessa, it'd be a fun exercise to write down maybe three things for you in the wedding category that you would genuinely love to to have. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the dress or maybe that's, that's actually a, a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and just the idea and then, of like what three things are important to you, what three things are important yes. to me and like see what yes. we meet in the middle. And you guys mm-hmm. may... <laughs> Yeah, be be very similar in it. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we've talked to some people on the show. They do it so inexpensively. Yeah. Have a great time. And then they, they ride off in the sunset and, and, you know, do it. And then we know some people, too, that are like, no, this is an important day mm-hmm. for us. We really want to take the most of it. Yeah. And we're going to save, put more money here, and we'll worry about the house in two to three years. You know, so. Yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong, honestly. I think going into debt. Yeah. Or making decisions like that, I think, are will put you guys back. But I really think that it's a lean into what you guys both want, not what everyone else around you is saying. So true. And listen, there's two, like thinking of towards the future, there's two ways to think of this. Number one, I Rachel, I think in some ways I'm like you, which I like a good party, probably not to the extent, because <laughs> I love my wedding. Like I have great memories of my wedding it's not something i think of all the time and Mm -mm. so i do like to Mm -hmm. you know when people call in i do like to call out like listen it is one day and you're not going to think about it all the time and the flip side of that is sam and i are big on like renewing of vows so it's like if you don't did if you don't do that's good everything you want to do the first go round, listen in 10 years renew your vows yes it'll give you something to work towards my husband and i did a vow renewal at 10 years and we're going to do another one at 20 years and each one will be nicer and better come on (laughs) listen so just understand like there's you have room to go up and that's a great point yeah that's a great point i love it i like that conversation yeah congratulations vanessa I feel like you guys will make the right decision. I'm not worried about you guys. You're pretty, pretty oh, straight. Yeah. The straight line when it comes to the, to the money. 100%. Do you remember there was a Netflix show that was like the people had the opportunity to choose between, oh, a I think it was $10,000 or $30,000 on a house or a wedding. Oh, gosh. It was a great concept. And that's basically what that call was. But do remember, your wedding is one day. Your marriage is a lifetime. So... Do the marriage counseling beforehand. Do mm-hmm. it in a year. You know, yes. All the things. Like it is It is one day. That's right. So don't get too caught up in it. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. All right, you're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. This is Rachel Cruz, host of The Rachel Cruz Show on YouTube, if you happen to be on there. Also, Smart Money Happy Hour is a great one. Um, Listen, Rachel, this kind of came up uh, 
several months back, I saw an article where they were just talking about more and more people drawing from their 401ks and from like their actual retirement um, to cover month to month expenses. And of course, we've all seen in the news like the extremes where people pull from their 401k to go see Beyonce or to go see Taylor Swift. <laughs> right, right, right. But there, and, and don't do that. That's terrible. But there's <laughs> a lot of folks out there who are kind of facing that paycheck to paycheck cycle. They're feeling the stress and the strain of their money and they don't know where else to go. And they're thinking, is it better? You know, I don't want to put this on a credit card or I don't want to take out more debt. Here's money that's my money. Yeah. Maybe yep. I should take out from this money and I can, you know, make my situation better. Matter of fact, a guy called the show the other day. He had just had his taxes done mm -hmm. and the fee for the taxes was $300, but his return was only $100. And he was like, oh crap. Like I thought I was going to be able to take some of the money from my return. And he's thinking like, maybe I'll just go to my four. Matter of fact, the tax guy, not one, not one of our trusted pros, but the tax guy that he was working with told him, hey, why don't you go to your 401k and take out a loan? So people are just tossing this uh, around yeah, as, an as an option. Like mm -hmm. it's just nothing yep. here um and i need people to understand that if you withdraw from your retirement you're going to have to pay a 10 percent penalty on that money that you take out and by the way if you happen to draw from your 401k if you lose your job that money becomes due like almost immediately, immediately. Yep. and you've got a year to pay it back before you start facing more fees and penalties so this is more serious than what people really are drawing into it um yeah. It says, uh, I'll get to that part in a minute, but what I want people to, I, I read an article that said the average withdrawal, Rachel, is about $5,000. Like people aren't looking oh, to wow. get $30,000. Right. It's not tens of thousands. No. On average, it's five. It's $5,000. And yeah. do you know what I figured out, Rachel? What, that if Jake? you took a less than average car payment, mm. that you, that's basically the $5,000. Like if you went a year without your car payment, you'd have the $5,000. For sure. Or you did a side hustle for $1,500 a month. Yes. You could get it. Yep. yep. So I kind of um, want to well, have some empathy for the fact that people feel like they're faced against a wall, right? That yes. there's no other thing. But what I want you to see is, listen, start looking around because there's there's other options and avenues yep. for you to get out of this. Well, and in that case, it's, it's such a, um, we see this all the time. If you're in a crisis or you feel like you have no options, it feels like this is the only choice. This is the only money I have. So mm -hmm. even if it's three thousand, five thousand dollars, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. And it's such a short sighted view mm -hmm. versus pausing, letting the chaos settle, right? Mm -hmm. And actually formulating a plan. And when you actually start looking at other options. So mm -hmm. it is that that quick kind of grab of like, oh my gosh, I gotta just yeah. Yeah. Have it. It's it's tough. And some people are like, listen, I'm having a hardship. And there are, you know, there are har hardship withdrawals. Uh, hardship means that uh, let it allows you to take money out of your 401k to meet an immediate and heavy financial need. That's what the IRS says, immediate and heavy financial. And so many of us would look, could look at that and go, listen, I needed those Beyonce tickets. Whereas yeah. others will look at it and go, okay, yeah, I've been without my, you know, I've been without a job for X amount of months. Or, you know, what we're saying is this could include something like a natural disaster. Right. Re yep. Repairs to an, from a natural disaster, covering funeral expenses for a loved one um, or paying rent to avoid being evicted. Like those are really, really serious situations. Yep. Uh, you're only allowed to take out the exact amount that you need for those expenses. And remember, you'd, you'd still have to pay taxes on it. So there's really no way around um, some of the financial um, strings that are attached to this, even if it was a hardship withdrawal. And again, um, we're seeing that these are on the rise. Unfortunately, more and more people are lying 
about their situation, mm. Rachel, to qualify. To get it. Yeah. Which is fraud. That's <laughs> fraud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's illegal. Yep, yep. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Mm-mm. So um, what we just want you to take away from this is, A, don't lie about your situation and don't commit fraud. But B, understand that there's always options. Um, there's always a way that is better than probably what you're scared and anxiety-filled sleepless brain is coming up within the moment right yep, that's right because when we're panicked we're like okay what can i do what can i do and your brain just fixates on one thing that usually feels like the easiest answer that feels like the answer with the least amount of friction but a lot of times it's not the best answer like it might be what we talked about you picking up a side hustle in the midst of an already very busy schedule you selling a car and having to coordinate with your spouse a one car situation when you've had two cars your entire marriage like no one is sitting here and saying that that wouldn't be difficult or very hard to pull off or require tons of coordination but it's bigger and better than borrowing from your future because what happens is when we pull from our retirement, it does draw a line in the sand of, okay, this is something that I have the option to do. Yeah. And once you start that, it's 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 kind of like you've said, this is this is available to me. And then the next time a hard situation comes, that's an option that you know you did in the past. And so it really is about building the right behavior over time, Rachel. Yeah. And for again, me. Totally. Because it fixes, like you said, the issue in the moments. But man, it it takes away from so much growth that could be happening. So do you make the sacrifice on the short term? That's why we tell people not to take money out of your, of your retirement, 401k or Roth mm-hmm. or IRAs um, to pay off debt because this is something that you can do mm-hmm. on your own without that money because again, you lose so much, so much growth That's when you right. do that. So if you want to know more about this, we do have a really cool article. By the way, we have tons of articles on RamseySolutions.com, but we've got one here that's called Why You Shouldn't Withdraw From Your Retirement to Pay Off Debt. <laughs> Very, there's a nice ring to there it. There you go. Uh, but it's at RamseySolutions.com and the link is there in the, sh- in the show notes. So take a look at that. It's just, listen, knowledge is power. The more you know with the little rainbow at the end. So with that, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Caden in Boise, Idaho. What's going on, Caden? Hey there, how's your guys' day going? Great. How about you? Uh, terrific. So uh, I got myself into a little bit of a pickle. I'm uh, 22 years old. Uh, I make about eighty thousand. Uh, I made eighty thousand last year. I'm planning on making a hundred thousand this year. Nice. And I am roughly uh, two hundred eighty thousand dollars in debt. That includes a house, a car, a motorcycle, and um, other miscellaneous uh, like credit cards and stuff how much is the house of that debt uh house is 225 okay and go ahead and just tell me the rest of them as well the car uh car is four thousand mm-hmm. uh motorcycle is 12 um and then credit card is another four and then I have a four thousand uh, home improvement loan for an electrical situation that had happened. So, and that's four as well. Listen, yeah, I think you do have some debt here that I think that you'll be able to clean up relatively quickly. I think because you're grouping it in with the house, it feels even more overwhelming. Um, and that might be because is is your home payment too high for your income? What's your home payment? Uh, home payment is, uh, I have a first and a second mortgage. I went through FHA, so they the down payment assistance. Um, okay. First, uh, first mortgage payment is uh, $1,750. Second is 100 Okay, so you're paying 1850 And what's your take-home pay? 
Um, uh, roughly, uh, I, I work hourly plus commission, so it varies, but, uh, anywhere from four to like seven. Okay. So I think on most months you're fine with this mortgage. Um, I, I, if I were you, I mean, the way we teach is the mortgage is completely separate from the rest of the debt. And I think if for right now, while you're in baby step two, which is paying off all of your consumer debt, except your mortgage. I think that'll break it down into like more manageable bite-sized pieces. Um, do you have any money saved, Caden? Um, I do not. Okay. Yeah. So um, if I were you, I would probably sell the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would look to say, okay, then that, that takes a, that takes a good chunk off. Then we got 12,000 left uh, between the other, the 4,000 car, 4,000 credit card and 4,000, um, on the electrical issue and I would just work to pay that down Caden I mean I would I would work extra I would do what you can I mean Mm -hmm. you're 22 if you get all this stuff cleaned up uh, it's amazing what can happen when you don't have all this debt and I would Mm -hmm. cut up the credit cards and I would really start living a life to say okay I'm someone that doesn't use debt you pay it off you save up an emergency fund and Caden at 25 is going to be pretty dang in a great situation Do you listen to The Ramsey Show for motivation? You want to know what's even more motivating? Attending a Ramsey event, the ultimate motivational experience that's fully focused on helping you eliminate money stress. Join us for the Total Money Makeover Weekend on May 10th and 11th in Nashville and leave money stress at the door for good. Podcast listeners use the code 50OFF to save $50 on standard level tickets. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash events. You are listening to The Ramsey Show, and thank you for listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. Join me, join next to me is Rachel Cruz, and we're taking your calls for the rest of the hour. Uh, so you can give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. I mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. We are doing a really cool live event coming up May 10th and 11th here on on our campus here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's the Total Money Makeover Weekend. So it's over the course of a couple of days. You come up here on our campus and we are going to walk through really what it's about is it's based on the book, The Total Money Makeover. So that's the baby steps. And so basically everything you hear us talking about on the radio, if you want that deep dive, if you want to be around like-minded people, you want to just get into it, get that deeper level, be motivated. This is the event for you. Um, All the personalities are going to be there. If you've been to a live event before, this is not going to be like the one you've been to. This is completely different. So if you want to get those early bird tickets, they're $99 and they're only going to be here for a limited time. So you can get those at RamseySolutions.com slash events. And uh, we'll see you there without further ado. All right. Let's go to Rachel, who's in Spokane, Washington, the city I was born in. What's going on, Rachel? It's a pretty all right city. I'll say that. It's um, hey, <laughs> what um, can we do? Taking my call. Um, I would love some advice. I um, it's sort of financial related, kind of not my finances, but I am 32 years old and I'm an independent parent, which means like I chose to become a parent by myself after you know I was 25, 26, 27. Couldn't find anyone. We never aligned with like finances or like financial ideology or having children. Mm-hmm. So. Three years ago, I decided to have a child on my own. Hmm. I love my daughter. She is the best. Oh, my goodness. Good for you. Um, I, so I feel like I really need some good decisions. And she's a little older now. She's four now. 
And, you know, a lot of friends and family are always asking me, like, you should start dating soon. Like, why, why aren't you going on dates? Like, why are you not doing this? And a really big reason, so I'm 32, I don't have any debt. I don't have any credit card debt. I paid off all my loans, credit card debt, car, all that when I was 26, five mm-hmm. times I was 26. Um, and a huge reason is um, uh, kind of a feeling of, you know, there's the obvious you know, not just like letting anyone around my daughter, not just like gonna. For sure. You know, I don't wanna. I there's there's that reason, but the reason I'm calling is that my friend set me up on a date with one of her work friends or something, um, her husband's work friend, and we were just chatting. He's like, "Well, how do you do it? How do you like single parent? It must be so hard." And I was like, "Oh, well, like I don't live with debt. I like my job. Like it's not really that hard. Like it's it's hard if you are like if I'm like very financially stable." Mm-hmm. And he, um, he was like, oh, well, I have like, I'm like $450,000 in debt and like all these things. And he started just kind of naming him. <laughs> this is my first date with this person. Wow, and I was man. like, oh, I know a lot about you. Um, and <laughs> what we say not I to thought, do on a first date. I know. Well, at least <laughs> yeah, now you like, know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, maybe this is my fault. Cause I was just casually just trying to like keep it lighthearted. Like, oh, I don't live with debt. But like to me, it's been so long since I've lived with debt that I was like, maybe this, maybe people just love talking about this. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And yeah. And then I was talking to my friend. She's like, oh, like, how'd it go? I was like, you know, I don't really think this is, like, for me. And when I was explaining, like, it's not just about introducing someone to my daughter's life. It's also about introducing that whatever, like. Sure. Yeah. I'm you not could... going to date without the intention of marriage. And Sure. Um, and I don't know how to explain. And I don't even know if it's wrong to, like, not give somebody a chance. Knowing well, that they're so, we're on totally different pages. And you how get to, to set your non-negotiables. Listen, you get to set your non-negotiables. You get to have that list of here are the things that I really at this point in my life want to align on. And you get to say what that is. And you also get to reevaluate that with time. Like, listen, Mm -hmm. you could come up with a list of five things. And if you find out that after 10 years, no one is meeting up to your expectations, you get to decide, well, maybe I am being a little too. Right, right. Like, maybe is there anything that I can change? Or is there anything that I'm being a little too judgmental on? And having a... Listen, you guys talked about this really early in the relationship. Had you have I know. had you have dated for four months and fallen in love, and then him sprung on the the fi- the five hundred thousand dollars of debt or however much it was. Listen, you might have married him anyway, like I did. But <laughs> but um, yeah. So I know. think that, I think Rachel. I think you have to. You know, I would go into it, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't um put this you know thing out there that if if they do have debts. It's a it's an absolute no. Right. And I'm not saying you're saying that. But what's important is the value system, right? Mm-hmm. So if they came to you and was like, Oh my gosh, I still have a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt and I hate it. I don't wanna, you know, this I feel this burden. I'm trying to pay it off. Like that's somebody that you're like, Okay, I can get on the same team. We are we are running in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And I think the same mm-hmm. would be true, you know, for a spiritual aspect, how you wanna raise kids. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean that in-laws and family like these are big topics in life and when you marry somebody those topics collide and you're Mm -hmm. not always going to be the same person you're not going to marry the same the clone of you right so you're going to probably always have a different take a different spin on these things but it's the overall direction is what you're looking for so yeah it would i don't i don't think i wouldn't find someone really attractive if he's like i got four hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt and about to go buy another property oh. and keep leveraging myself i'm like Gag that's great for you but that's just not attractive to me like i can't mm-hmm. you know and i would mm-hmm. say the same thing lines like that with in a spiritual sense or mm-hmm. with kids like right there's things that you're just like we just won't be 
aligned in life. So I don't think you're being too picky. I would I would say, you know, if you if you had called and said, yeah, just because he has that, I won't date him. Yeah, that's no. That, I wouldn't say that that's, yeah, I would not go down that route. But, Especially if they've been mm-hmm. like, and I want to get out of it. <laughs> right. So it's all right. about where they're going mm-hmm. and what the values mm-hmm. are going forward. But um, but and I, and I think everyone has kind of that one subject in life that they're really passionate about yeah. with the other person, right? And so naturally yours might yours might be money, Rachel, not from a shallow perspective, but something that you really cherish your convictions mm-hmm. and you really want to partner in this. And, and I think to, that's big. The mm-hmm. thing to consider, especially with the debt aspect of this is let's just say, you know, you've gone on four or five dates and it comes up at Applebee's and you start talking about it remember there's still time like you're not getting married tomorrow so if this guy has sixty thousand dollars of debt there's time for him to pay that off before you get married like does that make sense like if if you're really feeling some type of way of like man i really sacrificed to pay off my debt i don't know if i have the stomach to go through another sixty thousand. just think about the fact that there's still a timeline like you're not getting married tomorrow and you'll be able to see if this person really does show and prove what their values are because are they actively trying to get out of debt? It has have has eight months passed and they've paid off nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're you're gonna see that come out mm-hmm. in the wash. So I I wouldn't get too too hung up on it. Um, within you know the first few days or even the first few months necessarily. If you're on the fence, does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, I think that something was just like a, a bit of a flag. He was like, "Oh, I have all this money." He's like, "But the government's going to cancel student debt, so that's fine." I was oh like, no. no, red flag. No, for sure. No, no. I feel like that for me. So maybe I should have added that. And I was like, "Okay, there's one thing to like know. You're at least. You, I mean, some people don't even know how much money they're in debt." But yeah, I, I felt really bad. I was like, I felt really shallow. And I know that it's it's one thing to ask for someone to not be in debt, but this is great advice. Thank you. No, I yeah. just. I just walked away. I was like, I have no idea how I feel about this. Yeah. And, Um, and I think it's, I think, I think give yourself some grace too, because $450,000, even if he's trying to get out, that, that is a, it's kind of a, you know, especially if it doesn't include a mortgage, that's a breathtaking Mm -hmm. number. So I think that's fair that you're like, Oh gosh, you know, like that's a, that is a lot of debt. And so, uh, no, I don't think you're being too judgmental. I wouldn't I wouldn't count someone out just because they have debt. It's all about the value system and where they're going moving forward. And could you see yourself with them in the future, right? <laughs> if they're walking that. But that's Listen. separate. And Rachel's just but you're you're a very I mean, to do what you've done, even with a child, you know, like at mm-hmm. what was she thirty years old and yeah. so I mean, I mean all of that, like you it, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um and you've made choices in life that are very mature. And you've taken on a lot of responsibility in life. And so I do think your husband has a high bar and I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> hey, in the chat, I, I would love when people get a chance to put their op- put their thoughts on this in the chat, like what your non-negotiable is. Oh, of like, like dating. Yeah, and, yeah. And we can talk about it at some point because listen, after paying off the debt that we paid off, if God forbid something happened to Sam Warshaw and I had to get out there in, this, in these streets, <laughs> if somebody came at me, I don't know I if I could, could do stomach it again. Like, oh, it was just even so like 30k much. would be like no. So everybody's got their That's limits. Fair. That's fair, Jade. I'd be interested to know what you guys think about this. Throw it in the chats, and uh, maybe one day we'll talk about it. This is the Ramsey Show. You are listening to the Ramsey Show. Our scripture and quote of the day 
my favorite, whoever picked this knows me, Galatians 5.1. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the same yoke of slavery. One version says, don't be entangled again by the same yoke of bondage. Ooh, love it. In other words, when you get out of debt, don't go back in. Just putting that out there. Okay. And then Janis Joplin says, you are what you settle for. Oh, booyah. There you go. Love it. That's Ooh, good. that's good stuff. All right. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Uh, the number is 888-825-5225 if you ever want to give us a call. We're going to go to Eric, who's in Austin, Texas. What's going on, Eric? Hey, y'all. It's so great to speak to you guys. How are y'all today? Happy Friday. Ooh, thank you. Happy Friday, Friday. to you. Oh, my goodness, you guys. This is great. I'm, let me take a deep breath here. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> but, uh, hey, so I am calling because I started out kind of in a position like you were, Jade, and I had $215,000 in debt. Mm. And that was, I know, it was a lot. Uh, it was between student loans, uh, two cars, a credit card, uh, some medical bills and whatnot. But I'm down to about $77,000 now. So nice. I'm, I've really, yeah, I've been really building that snowball. But the uh, I've come to the final mountain here, that final amount of debt that I've come up to. And, and everything else prior to has only been like $10,000 or $20,000. And now I'm facing a $78,000 mountain. So mm. my first uh, question is, what piece of advice do you have for somebody that has been like really pushing and really going through this? this uh, that snowball method for the past couple of years. And it's just like, yeah, you know, you're yeah. tired. <laughs> what, How many years has it been? Uh, I started this in 2020. So I've been doing this for, we're coming up on four years now. Okay. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been a lot. <laughs> listen, that is a lot. And, mm -hmm. um, four years is a lot. So congratulations. Let me be the first one to just kind of like clap you up and say, <laughs> very good. Um, the 78,000, what is that big chunk? What is it? That's all student loans. That's all, all left student over loans. for my student loans. Yes, ma'am. Ooh, I know the feeling. Ooh, I know the feeling so yeah. well. So um, <laughs> the 78000 let me ask you this. Is it one, like I, I remember ours was one one payment, like it was a, a chunk of uh, 78000 but if you looked closely, it was actually a, a bunch of little loans grouped into that one payment. Is yours like that? Mine is just one giant loan at this point. Um, I think... I worked with my parents at one point to just, uh, what did we do? We consolidated from Sally Mae into mm -hmm. like a, uh, another organization. And it's just one giant sum at this point. With one interest rate and one account number and one everything, right? Correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I'm sorry about that. That is tough. It's hard to see that. The good news is it's your last one. Um, probably another set of good news is how much are you able to chunk away at it every single month? Well, that kind of leads me to my second part of the question is uh, I'm currently in Austin. And, and as you know, the tech industry isn't necessarily uh, very reputable for staying consistent uh, whenever it comes to jobs. Mm -hmm. So I've actually put myself into storm mode because I believe that my organization will be doing layoffs here in the next couple of months. Okay. So that's my struggle is not only do I have this mountain in front of me, but I also have, you know, to kind of put everything aside temporarily before yes. I can start paying my student loans again. So which I think is That's smart. kind of my predicament. It's probably smart for you to do that. Um, I want to go back to your first question, which is, listen, I've been in this four years. What do I do to, to stay motivated? Right now, you kind of have a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a breather because you're still stacking up as much money as you can. Um, but what I think is really important, uh, and just for anybody listening, you know, we say all the time on here, the average person is out of debt, you know, in two years or less. And it's important to remember that there's people to the 
to the right of that <laughs> average number. And um, my guess is, you know, if you continue paying off this debt, you might have another year or two into this so that you're going to be six years in, which I relate to. And I do think that for for you and anyone listening, you have to have to have to include milestones of your own ways that you can celebrate ways that you can. The way I describe it is like a humpback whale. Right. A humpback whale is swimming along. He's swimming. He's going after it. He's doing what he and every once in a while he jumps out and he just like has that moment of like, oh, I can breathe. And he goes back in. And I think that that's the way you have to, to to navigate this, because we say on here all the time, beans and rice, rice and beans, gazelle and tents. You're not going inside of a restaurant unless you're working inside. Like and that's so, so true, especially when you're in that average. But once you cross over into the four and five year mark, there is a part of this that mentally for your health, <laughs> like you mm-hmm. need to go into a restaurant like and, and, and be, I'm being clear, like I am not talking to the folks in average. I'm talking to my six figure freedom folks who have this six figure debt, in this case, 215,000, you're in this thing for an above average time, four, five, six years, you need to become a humpback whale (laughs) and you need to jump out and you need to do, maybe you did save up cash to replace a beater, okay? Like go ahead and replace your beater. If it's falling apart and you've got 8,000 in cash, do it. I remember Sam and I- It's a marathon. Yeah, you're in a marathon. And let me just, for the people listening, some of the things that Sam and I did in our debt payoff journey, which was seven and a half years, that was not paying off debt. A, we uh, cash flowed another vehicle because mm-hmm. we we it was time. Okay, we did take a couple of very small trips, like weekenders, to like okay, like we're good. And again, this is at that four, five, and six year mark, right? You just have to do something that you've said. When we get to this point, we're doing that. When we pay off that next Sally May or Nelnet or Navian or whatever you have. When I get to 80,000, I'm doing this. And when I get to 100,000, I'm doing this. And when I get to, and so you have to set those milestones in there and set them ahead of time so that you don't feel the need to uh, get sloppy, all right? So you've got 78,000 to go. I feel like in that 78,000, there's probably one, one medium to decent milestone within that. And you've got probably two years to go after a four year journey. Sounds like you've been hitting it pretty hard. So how much do you make a year, Eric? I'd make after taxes probably about 4800 a month to about 5k a month. Okay. Yeah. So I mean and So my goal is to Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go. I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, <laughs> sure. My goal is to pay it off by the time I'm 30. Right now I'm in 28 and a half and so I just I really want to get after it and I've been very gazelle intense about this and I and I want to pay it off and I want to get rid of it by the time I'm 30 but you know it's just 77,000 staring at staring at that mountain to me and you're right i need to set those milestones i guess i need to be a humpback whale in the situation yeah Yeah. and eric i like what jade said i haven't heard you say this before jade but i'm like that is so true be intentional with those milestone moments too because i think there is a point that you're just so exhausted that you're like oh and there can be a sloppiness in the milestone celebration and you end up spending more than you think right yeah and so it's like you're being so proactive it's part of the plan Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. look out that you're like i'm planning for this at this date this is how much i'm going to spend here to enjoy this to get that breath of fresh air to keep on moving Mm -hmm. but when you get to the point of complete exhaustion, sometimes then you, yeah. that's when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make, yeah. you could make some poor choices out of pure exhaustion that's if right. you haven't planned for it. Yeah. So as intentional as you can be 
which kind of takes the fun of, out of it sometimes, but like... But it gives you something to look forward yes, to. Yes, And it's not a trip to Europe because I, I already heard, I heard somebody thinking, I can finally take that trip. It's not a trip to Europe. It is not oh, no. a seven-day vacation. A last year. <laughs> What'd you say? I said not me taking a trip to Europe last year. Uh-oh. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to go off because I don't know the details, but my point is, be a humpback whale and since you did take that trip to europe this next milestone is not going to be quite as extravagant it's going to be you know i mean it's different for different people the things that you value um i know for me it was including certain things that i had cut off for such a long time like i was like listen i'm gonna start getting my nails done again Mm -hmm. like i it was certain self-care things that i was like i i'm not doing this anymore and i've worked really hard um and so you have to be reasonable. And I, I mean, I can't decide what that's going to be for you on this phone call, but you have to be reasonable and figure out what that is. For us, we had one vehicle and the the, the windows were held up by shoestrings. So it was like, listen, we've got the money saved. It's time to upgrade the car. And I remember calling in the Dave Ramsey show and saying to Dave, can I do this? And I think that's what happens. And this shows me that he's in the right spot when you're just so in it that you don't even you can't see the forest for the trees anymore. You need somebody to tell you that you can take a break. That's a good indicator that it's time to take a break. So good. Really proud of you. Jade. Glad you were here today. Thank you. So good. I'm glad you were here too. Such good stuff. We have fun together. Again, Jade Warshaw here, Rachel Cruz. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. Thanks for hanging out with us and make sure you see us on down the line on the next Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave here. You want to hear even more life-changing content from Ramsey? Download the Ramsey Network app so you can catch all your favorite shows all in one place like The Ramsey Show, Smart Money Happy Hour, and The Dr. John Deloney Show. You'll get real talk about life, relationships, money, and your career. Plus, the app lets you browse by topic like debt, business, or selling your home. Get the content you want whenever and wherever you want to listen. Download the Ramsey Network app today. 